and we so a, a, a failure of review process yeah <laughs> and we are live on youtube so mila the show is all yours as soon as awesome. well i am ready so hello everyone welcome back to other words for whore i'm your host mila and today we're here with miss caitlin bailey from old pros oldest profession podcast um, sex worker, rights advocate, comedian, and writer, and founder and executive director of Old Pros, which she turned into a nonprofit media organization. And it is amazing. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Thank you so much for having me. You did a really good job. Yeah. So I'm the the host of the Oldest Profession podcast, um, and I have sort of turned that podcast into this nonprofit media organization focused on changing the status of sex workers in society. So we have the podcast, a ton of social media content. I have a live show, uh, Whore's Eye View, which is 10,000 years of sex work, uh, excuse me, 10,000 years of history from a sex worker's perspective. We produce a ton of resource guides annotated bibliographies to go with all of the episodes and we've uh funded and produced a ton of documentaries over the course of the last couple of years including um a homage to both carol lee and margot st james mm. who are grandmothers of the sex worker rights movement here Literally. in the u.s yeah like f yeah. Fairy, fairy godmothers to us all yes. that is amazing um so Thank so horse eye view has started already Yes. So I've been developing the show for the last couple of years, but we've got it up on its feet. We're taking it to the Cannonball Festival in Philadelphia. We've got a bunch of DC dates. We're negotiating oh my gosh, Boston awesome. dates. So yeah, get on our email list. Stay in the know like an old pro yeah. uh, and you'll hear all about Whore's Eye View. And then we also produce a show in New York that you can live stream um, called The Old Pro Show. It's a variety show featuring comics and burlesque performers and oh my gosh, me talking so about- busy. Yeah, that's amazing. I don't even know how Thank you. Like, you can like <laughs> the ecosystem. All of this. This is so crazy. Yeah. Um, I guess we could like start from the beginning. Um, sure. Sex work. How did you start? Like, what? When did you yeah. start? How did you start? Yeah. I mean, I like to tell people that I was like practically 18 years old mm -hmm. um, and came to sex work from a place of privilege and curiosity. Right. So I didn't have any immediate survival needs to meet, but um, I think we're close to the same age. I, I, grew up during Bush, the Bush administration's like abstinence only education program. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, which did not work uh, for me and millions of other people. But I felt like I was being lied to about my body. And so, you know, prostitution or engaging in the oldest profession really felt like a uh, like a fuck you watch this to the purity culture that I was surrounded by in North Carolina at this public school that I was going to. And so my experience with clients um, was really respectful and it felt really fun to be, you know, leading a double life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I went to college, uh, majored in history and poli sci and all that, you know, good liberal arts stuff. Yeah. Graduated um, into the world, um, started doing advocacy almost immediately, uh, burned out just as fast. And that's when I got into stand-up comedy. And that's when I came back to sex work to oh, really? subsidize my, uh, my career as an artist, okay. which, yeah, is something that people have been doing so for literally all of human history. Right. Um, yeah. I wonder, um, okay, so what, was there any like significant moment that like made you want to become like an advocate for sex workers or because you said you had like this like privilege experience. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering like if there was anything that made you want to or if you saw yeah. like the other side or, or what? Yeah. Um, so when I first moved to New York, before I got back into sex work, I was doing, you know, sort of survival gig jobs, right? I was like, working at Starbucks. I was babysitting. I was tutoring. I was doing all kinds of, of stuff. Um, but I also got involved in kind of a textbook abusive relationship with uh -huh. this misogynistic guy. And a wow. couple of months into our relationship, I disclosed that I had done sex work in my past and he um that really sort of triggered his his violence oh, um man. yeah and i i've learned a lot about domestic violence since that situation and so like my reactions were really textbook and everything that happened was really normal but i surprised myself by how hard i was willing to work 
to absorb um, his worldview that like I worked hard to try to see the sex work that I had done seven years before we met as something awful that I had done to him. And so I, I fell into all these like MRA rabbit holes and, you know, really spent, um, an uncomfortable amount of time, um, deeply considering that maybe what I had done was really wrong. Uh, but all of that research eventually, blessedly, led me to Maggie McNeil's um, blog that she was keeping. And I sort of found my way out um, of that um, and felt even stronger and steadier in my um, in my advocacy. And that is when I decided that I would never date um, or sleep with anyone ever again um, who didn't already know yeah. about this work. And... Um, that I would start telling my story publicly, which I did in my capacity as a stand-up comic. Yeah, amazing. I feel like um, I feel like the more public you are with it, like I don't know, it's almost like I get a lot more, um, mm-hmm. a lot more stigma and shit because I'm like more public about it. Yeah. So, um, but it, but it's also a way of keeping you safe, right? Because yeah. like, there's no because it's secrecy, right? Like if everyone in your life already knows, then that's a little bit less leverage for people who try to control you with this piece of information. But yeah, we're also a lot more exposed. Yeah. And um, I'm like, whoa. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I guess I've been in a uh, abusive relationships like that too. And um, the whole like financial financial domination of some of these guys as soon as they find out and I know a lot of sex workers out there always like they're either like oh don't like don't tell anybody which is like obviously you know to protect yourself or tell people to protect yourself so it's it's really interesting different tactics it's like you don't want to be with somebody who can't accept that what you're doing is terrible yeah like absolutely or is willing to learn too yeah and I think there's a lot of bad information out there and like you know we really try to sell young people especially girls that like no one will love you if you were too slutty or you know a literal whore and that's just not true like actually actually there's so many cool dudes out there that are super chill um and open and would love to uh you know hear about your experiences and share the wisdom that you've learned engaging in the world's oldest profession Mm -hmm. i think that whores are the best um more men should literally because i I (laughs) I meet a lot of clients that like you know married the madonna but they love partying with the whores yeah Um, it's just like Marry the horse and stuff. I married an Eagle Scout, uh, which is also a brand of person I recommend. Uh, yeah. What is an uh, Eagle Scout? Like a Boy Scout? Yeah, like like a oh, Boy okay. Scout, but like extra. Like somebody who got like a PhD in being a Boy Scout. Oh my uh, god. Yeah. <laughs> it's great because I'm I'm you know the daughter of a soldier, and yeah. so for me, like marrying an Eagle Scout was cool because it's like he has all of the tools that soldiers do, but like without the PTSD or drama that comes, you know, with the violence, but he knows how to like build a bench, which is helpful. (laughs) Um, when, how did you start your podcast then? So like, was that your first project then was like comedy? Yeah. So I started telling my story, um, as a standup comic, um, I wrote and produced my first one woman show, uh, which I called contagious because I'm very cheeky. Um, I, I love it. It, <laughs> it reminds me of Carol Lee because she was like, she started with She was like, another performer. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm like just now like learning all this stuff. But um, yeah. okay. So keep going. That's great. Yeah. So, um, you know, Contagious was about coming out to my Green Beret dad um, as a sex worker. And I Ooh. needed to tell that story and I needed to go through that process before I could become an advocate. Yeah. Um, and so that was a big a big step. I did that in like 2015, 2016. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, what was, yeah, I guess I was going to ask like, what, what was your family? Did you have problems or were they understanding? Um, neither. Uh, it was, yeah. I mean, part of it, I, I, again, I I come from a relatively privileged background. Mm. Um, my mother was an interior designer. My dad was, you know, a a career, uh, army guy. Um, and so there was a lot of like 
status anxiety, I think, wrapped up in my decision not just to do sex work, but like to insist on talking about it all of the time. Um, And it really did take them many years to get to a place where they could be proud um, of my work. Yeah. Uh, But we got there, you know, Um, and I'm thrilled to say that like before my father passed, he really came to see me as a freedom fighter. And there's a lot of like mutual respect um, and love between us. And I'm so proud of him for going on that journey with me. Yeah. (laughs) You are a freedom fighter. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay. Um, So how long have you been doing your podcast now? Has it been five years? Yeah, we started. Yeah, we started in 2017. I think it's been more than five years. Yeah. Um, I got started, you know, again, as a as a comic first season, I was working with another comedian. We were like mostly using Wikipedia and other stuff that was just on the Internet, you know, doing our best. Um, Killing it, killing it. Yeah. And then something happened in 2018. I'm sure you're aware of it. Uh, Sesta Foster. Oh, God, I was like, I know you're going to say it. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. right. Donald Trump, uh, the Stop Enabling Sex Trafficking and Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act, which was sold to the American people, as many anti-trafficking laws have been, as a way of saving vulnerable women and children. And of course, you and I both know that it was the opposite of that, Mm -hmm. Um, erasing the places that sex workers had been using to schedule and screen our clients, keep ourselves safe, um, connect with one another, and harm reduction advocates, sexual health educators. And so that was a real... Yeah. And it was a politically activating moment for me. So by that point, I had sort of stopped doing politics. And after the passage of that law, um, I just couldn't, I just couldn't, yeah, couldn't fire up my ass. Cause that's when they got rid of Backpage too, right? Correct. Yeah. Backpage was seized by the FBI. Rent Boy was seized by the FBI. We lost Craigslist erotic services, which was the greatest source material in the world for late night uh, laughs. Like, you know, what a tragedy. (laughs) Um, Uh, That reminds me, because I was just looking at you guys' Twitter. um, The Backpage dudes, didn't they like just go to court? Yeah, they are being tried uh, for the second time. They have been fighting this fight for, I think, seven years now. But yeah, the owners of Backpage, they've been in the game for a long time. Before they were selling ads to escorts, they were selling ads on the literal physical back page of the like magazines and newspapers that they owned to abortion providers before Roe v. Wade. Oh. So they have been at the cutting edge, the cutting edge Wait, of like things that should not be a crime. Yeah, what? right? Yeah, they are free speech advocates. They like the more I learn about them, the more uh I think that they should be like lionized uh in American culture. Like, but of course <laughs> Yeah, they're fucking great. Yeah. Um but instead, of course, we've demonized them and decided that they were traffickers. Um and so the first time that they went to trial, the prosecution or the government ignored the judge's parameters and they kept conflating um, consensual adult escort ads with um, child sexual exploitation and kidnapping. And the judge said, you can't do this. Uh, Those are not the same mistrial. And so this is the government's uh, second bite at the apple to try to put these American heroes uh, behind bars. Yeah. American heroes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For daring to provide a much needed service. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, Backpage allowed so many sex workers to like reclaim their lives, right? They get Mm -hmm. out from underneath of, um, they get out from like under uh, potential exploitative third parties, right? right? Like if you want to be against PIPs, then support Backpage and Craigslist Erotic Services and other low barrier to entry ways for sex workers to schedule and screen their own clients. That's the solution. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why, but you know, everybody wants to listen to their own biases rather than like actual. We would rather, (laughs) yeah, we'd rather literally try to eradicate uh, prostitution than try to do anything about exploitation across labor sectors. It's so dumb. Yeah. And I mean, all these people that are being trafficked, Mm -hmm. nobody's where is, where's everybody being saved? Like what, what are the results yeah. from Sesta Fosta then? Uh, yeah, uh, more people um, having fewer resources, yeah. right? More people being pushed into homelessness, more people being pushed into abusive relationships, more people uh, taking more risk. That's uh, not good. 
And what's infuriating is we just absolutely refuse to do anything about actual trafficking that is actually happening here in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, Um, because it's so everybody just hears the word traffic and they... They, well, they think sex work. Yeah, they yeah. think immediate like trafficking, sex stuff. And you know, according to the Department of Labor's own statistics, the overwhelming majority of people who are actually violently trafficked here in the U.S. work in domestic labor, textiles, and agriculture. Yeah, I was going to say, and we're not doing anything to help those people. Like, do you know about Marriott hotels? Does that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, I, I know about them. Right. I mean, like I've stayed there too, but they, (laughs) they um, along with Uber and United and a bunch of other corporations have done this like anti-trafficking PR thing where they have like these door handles and they're like, if you see something, say something. If you see someone in clear heels with acrylic nails, Mm -hmm. call the police. Yes. I, yes. Mm -hmm. I remember this. And I talked about it on one of my podcasts because, um, yeah, like if you're a girl sitting alone at the bar, they could like ask you to leave and shit Uh like that. And yeah, we're talking about safety. It's like, what? Yep. But what's extra bullshit about that is that Marriott Hotels in particular uses third-party contractors to clean their hotel rooms. So there is actual trafficking happening in Marriott Hotels, but it's not the sex workers who are working there. It's their underpaid, often exploited cleaning staff. How ironic and truly, truly American as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, sex work. Fuck Marriott. Yeah. I mean, well, sex work has become a symbol of exploitation. And so it's really veiled and obscured like the actual problem. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's 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 like really hard almost. I feel like sometimes I'm like talking to I'm like blue in the face trying to get people to, to understand that um, it's like not the sex workers that are the problem. Mm-mm. But people nope. are so ingrained with nope. societies. Ideas. Yeah, it seems like this is our premium such a, it's map, sad to me that it is a radical map. position see the difference? that like no, people that make other people come oh. are not the problem. Oh, what's up? Uh, it was like, I got it. Yeah, it was some was background that? file that like started. So oh, that, that's all right. I got it. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No. So rewind two seconds. What did you say? Great. I said, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's frustrating that like it's a radical position to say that people that make other people come, uh, even for money, are like not the problem that's tearing society apart. It's just not. Um, yeah. What do you say to people who think that you're like pushing an agenda? I've had people be like, oh, you're pushing an agenda on people. Or what if kids see, like um, on June 2nd, we had the International Whores March. Yeah. And people are like, oh, like, what, if, what if the kids see? Da, 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 da. And I was just like, I mean, you know, you should have language with your children because there's adult things everywhere. Right? Sure. So learn how yep. to talk to your kids. But I don't know. I was just curious, like what? No, I mean, there's I agree with you. I think that there's adult things everywhere and our you know, children live in the world. But I would like to see more of that energy applied to the military recruitment officers that are allowed for some reason to recruit from our high schools. Like that feels like more of an issue. Why are you allowed to go and kill other people for money? But having sex for money is considered like the worst thing that could ever happen to you. What a great what a great way to put it, because I never, ever thought of it that way. Yeah. What? So people, yeah. people can go die, but d- don't suck any dick. Yeah, let's let's not lose sight of like what being in the military actually is. Yeah. Um yeah. It's fucking terrifying is what that is. Wow. Yeah. Um how has being a so being a sex worker mm-hmm. and sex worker advocate has affected your personal life in a good way then since you set up boundaries yeah. to yeah. to not not mess with anybody who like doesn't yep. mess with it. Yeah, it was like first date right away from jump. Like I have done sex work. I, I talk do. about sex work. This is what I do. If that's intimidating or a problem for you, super chill. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we don't we don't need to be with each other. Yeah, right. Exactly. And I think it can it can like we said earlier, it can be dangerous to disclose later in that relationship. Because yeah, that's where I found it. the. 
danger was. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's like I had my one experience with violence. Um, and then yeah, it's just it felt it felt like a a way of self preservation. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. <laughs> news. The Home Depot girl. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an example. I think that even if you yourself are horophobic, it doesn't save you from horophobia. Uh, yeah. You don't have to have ever directly engaged in sex work for people to try to call you a whore and make that a problem for you. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. What is that story? So, just if you don't mind. Yeah. Just so this. So this like girl, this pretty girl, she posted a picture of herself at Home Depot in her outfit because she works there. It was a mere selfie and people went crazy. A lot of men like posted like, you see that? She doesn't have an OnlyFans. That's a real woman. That's a respectable woman. And um, just, I, you know, people would rather have you like working at a poor job than being yep. a sex worker, which is insane to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because well, if she did have an OnlyFans, she would be making a lot more money. Than I was going to say after she gets this, which is fine. This reaction, she's like compelled now to start an OnlyFans. No, fan she's still the money's going to be insane. She's yeah. still not going to, but I mean, she should nope. capitalize off that. But um, this one guy, he said, um, modesty and not having an OnlyFans did not stop those men from stalking and violating the privacy of that Home Depot girl. Correct. So maybe the conversation needs to shift from girls need to be more modest to some men need to learn what boundaries and respect is. Modesty yep. will not save you. It didn't save our mothers, sisters, or grandmothers. Clothes revealing skin, not revealing skin is a non-factor when we live in a world where men are primed to view women as objects to be used for their own pleasure. Correct. And, like, and what's okay. so terrifying about sex workers is that we take that power back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You can't slut shame a whore. You cannot trap us in relation. We have an exit ramp, right? We have a way out. We have a way to acquire resources, to, you know, have purchasing power. And that um, is an existential threat to patriarchal control and always has been. Oh, yeah, 100%. I don't know what book I was listening to, but um, somebody said that the cops, they were talking to the cops. I wonder if it was Carol Lee, that the cops wanted to control the whores but not give the whores control rights right yeah like they don't want to give us rights but they want to like control us it was fucked up um and not surprising not only you guys take the power back but you fucking charge us to get it back it's even worse. Well, that's, that's part of the power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, somebody was commenting on my Twitter today, and and he was like, you whores are so narcissistic. What if he needs to feed his family? And I'm just like, the millionaire that I was with right. in VIP will be fine. His sure. kids are fed. Yeah, I mean, what if... He... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and honestly, he can give me more money. Like, I feel I'm owed more. Just why isn't that true for any profession? Okay, like if it's immoral for sex workers to charge, why is it cool for restaurants to charge? Like people need food, right? How is it ethical to like, I mean, it's, you know, we're service providers. If you can't afford the service, then don't do that don't like, get it and it's, fine. I, there's something about um if i mean if you have a problem with capitalism like let's talk about that but sex workers are not the problem here we yeah. are operating and within doing, the system i was gonna say yeah, yep. all we're doing is operating within this patriarchal capitalist society and capitalizing doing our best. on that which yeah. why wouldn't you yep there's the hot home depot girl <laughs> and she she's hot. beautiful yeah. and that's yeah. great and it's like and it's also like okay beautiful women do don't need like there's nothing wrong with not doing sex work obviously of course obviously it's sex just work so, is not for everyone so interesting how just um everybody just gets attacked oh that's yeah. a real woman Oh, I think that's that's been the most profound being around she is and fine getting to know you guys to <laughs> see how much you get attacked. Like it's it's yeah. fucking bizarre. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, speaking of, I got removed from you guys buy me a coffee removed me today talking about um it's for sexual content, which it's just for the podcast. Right. But of course, so I have to go dispute that. You no, know, it really is ridiculous that we we really 
have not gotten over the fact um, or the idea that like women's bodies in and of themselves are obscenity. I mean, this stuff goes back to the Comstock laws of the like 1870s. And so it's bananas to me that we've conflated, right? Like information about women's bodies, information about contraception with pornography and obscenity. And we've used it to justify criminalizing them both. Yeah. Yeah. But like information about like how to build a bomb or do violence or like white supremacy is super chill. It's protected by the First Amendment. Like totally there's nothing we can do. Yeah. About domestic terrorism. Oh my. And yeah. um, I but think it goes. People. Yeah. What? <laughs> but people enjoying themselves by themselves is like something that we've got to get the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI involved in. Right. Yeah, you're not right? allowed to like have an OnlyFans where you're just literally by yourself. And they're like, this is so dangerous for you. And it's what? like quite probably a safer version of yeah. sex work in the, in I mean, the first it's, place. It's like you it's easier for you to avoid sexual harassment as a sex worker than it is as a waitress. I, right? Literally you have no everybody recourse. says this too. Like Eve, like yeah. um everybody's like, No, I was literally sexually harassed more as a waitress yeah. or a bartender. Yeah. Than um working in the strip club. And I right. yeah, Jean. Yeah, because they try to protect the performers in the strip club, right? That was not my experience as a stand-up comedian. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess. Yeah, being a being a woman in the comedy not good world, not good. No, you. I felt more like prey as a female stand-up comic than I ever did as Ugh. a literal sex worker. Which I don't know. why. I guess there are there are a lot of stories about it's male comedians. It, it's yeah. seriously doing like some funky up ass shit. But yeah. I don't understand any guy who wants to be with a chick who's as funny or funnier than him. It's like you got to share attention. It's just bizarre to me. Right. Oh, you think? It, oh, you think it's like it's an ego thing? I don't know. Are you an ego maniac like, or a comedian? Bitch what are she's you doing? Funny. I saw a stat that I thought I think really sums it up, which is that um, women think men are. This is like heteronormative says talk. Just FYI, yeah. but like women think men are funny that make them laugh, and men think women are funny that laugh at their jokes. Yes. Oh my Precisely. God, it's like profound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, sad. How long ago um, did each of you start start sex work, and have you seen any progress in that time? What do you mean, like money wise? Well, no. Oh, no. you mean like <laughs> you mean like that's the just laws where your head's at all stuff? the time. Yeah. No, just like you know, to me, there's been this proliferation with OnlyFans, and there are so many girls doing it. And yeah, I know yeah. a lot of them are undercover, but it's like, is that yeah. normalizing it at all in your mind or helping at all? I have, I have complicated feelings about this, but Ooh, um, I will say I feel like I did sex work during what I think will come to be known as the golden age of sex work, which is after we had access to the Internet, right? Like yeah. message boards and our ability to schedule and screen clients and before the surveillance so. and facial recognition technology that we have now. So Which I think this is a really dangerous time for sex workers because there's so much like AI yeah. surveillance, like high tech. I have friends of mine that are having a hard time like coming back to the country from vacation. Say, traveling yep. is scary yes. because yeah. my ID is for sure on trust. Correct. And Correct. Trist takes your like ads from everywhere, and yeah. so now I'm like, and then they have the like, age verification at the airport and shit. It's like all they know. They will see. They know. Face. So I've not heard this at all. Do you guys mind explaining this or just a little bit? Or uh, there's just like a lot of sex workers are being um, stopped, stopped at border. the borders. What is Trist? I guess. So Trist, Trist is a the platform site that I talk about all the time. Am I fucking yeah. just born? Like I'm Trist, yeah. Trist is, I'll just yeah. shut up. All right. Trist came up after so like after Sesta Fosta and like Backpage and all of the US based platforms went away, Trist really stepped up and they're a sex worker owned and operated platform effectively allowing sex workers and clients to connect with one another. So there's like mutual review and you can post your ads and there's yeah, um good. information. It's really good actually. I love that but it's sex worker owned. It is sex worker owned. And so which is you know really amazing however because of the like age verification stuff that they have to do you have to upload your whole legal id so that on the back end they know you're over the age of 18 but because governments have all of these you know restrictions of like you can't immigrate to this country if you're a known sex worker um you can't so like the 
there are laws, right? And so with the facial recognition technology, they're able to connect people to their ads even if you've never been arrested. So it used to be if you were arrested for prostitution, then you couldn't travel, then you couldn't immigrate because you had a record, right? Same thing with a DUI. Like you can't just go to Canada if you have a DUI. But now you don't have to be arrested for them to stop you at the border and be like, is this you? That's so, so scary to think about actually. And then um, it's also obviously pretty racist because they will like purposely do like from anybody from Thailand, like there was yeah. this one girl, just one case, but she was coming here from Thailand to go to school and um, they didn't let her in because yeah. they said she was coming from a, a, a sex worker, like prone country or something like that. It's so dumb. It's just like another and like, way to... That racism goes really deep, right? Like our first anti-immigration law here in the U.S. was also our first anti-prostitution law. It was the Page Act of 1875, which predates the much more explicitly named Chinese Exclusion Act, right? Because this is during the Gilded Age where they were just saying the quiet part out loud, right? Like the white slave law, which also came later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, they have been, uh, yeah, characterizing Asian women in particular, right, as um, as sex workers. And it's racist, it's discriminatory, and it hasn't helped uh, save anyone from a bad situation. Yeah, nobody has been saved from this fucking nonsense. Nope. I mean, the white slave law, right, which is like the SESTA-FOSTA of the Gilded Age or Progressive Era or whatever, um, made it a crime to, quote, transport women across state lines for, quote, immoral purposes, Mm -hmm. right, which is the same language you see in the Page Act, right, where it's illegal to immigrate here for, quote, immoral purposes, which they mean prostitution. Right. And so we didn't rescue any sex slaves, but we did prosecute a lot of consensual interracial relationships and we inconvenienced a lot of showbiz girls on their way to their next gig. It's like it's infuriating. I I, I learned about that in, a, in another book, too. Um, The Trials of Nina McCall. Oh, it's like so that. good. Yeah. Yes. The yeah. American plan. Not enough people know about this. Yeah. Yeah. Because we nuts. criminalized. Not just prostitution, but promiscuity. Yeah. So basically yeah. just, and and that's why too, I'm like, when women are like against sex work, I'm like, you know, like these you really, laws like yeah. connect all of us. And like they yeah. started with just like. You may not be able to imagine yourself ever engaging in prostitution, but do you really want to live in a world where you or your daughter can be hauled in for a mandatory STI test because some cop thought you looked too slutty in public? Like that's. Not Crazy. a feminist future, guys. No, no. And they, people people being put in mental institutions and having full on lobotomies. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What a promiscuity time. was considered a sign of mental illness, like homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's gross. Yeah. Ew. It's like, pisses me off. Um, all these books, they're so good. They're so infuriating. And they definitely like put a Fire up your ass. Oh, yeah. I'm listening to um, also We Too right now. Yeah, that's a really good collection. Yeah, super good, super triggering. Yep. But really good. Um, it's about, um, it's the Me Too movement, but about sex workers. Because, yes. you know, um, as hopefully everybody knows by now, but um, sex workers are, it's, it's scared to share, like, the bad things that happen Oh, for, for sure. For fear that, like, that will just go on to more of, like, oh, see, you guys are exploited and it should be criminalized. Yeah. When, obviously, the only way is to decrim. Right. Yeah, no, decriminalization raises the negotiating power of providers. And it's the fastest and best policy if what you're looking for is less violence and right. less STIs. Yeah, sex workers have so much to add to the con- to the conversation about consent and negotiated consent. And it is such a shame and I think a net loss for all of society that our voices have been silenced and stigmatized for so literally much. thousands of years. Yeah, every, all you don't want to hear from the dumb whore is such like people actually always comment that on my shit or there people will even like I'll comment something. There was like a Bud Light post and I was like, you guys realize that like trans people drink beer too right like what right. how is this so crazy um right. and somebody well was yeah like, they have a problem with us existing in the same way that they have a problem with trans people existing oh, absolutely. and it's 
a major problem with like legalization or regulation, right? Because when you create these red light districts or like licensing schemes or registries or whatever, you literally make it impossible for sex workers to be in public spaces. You make it a crime for sex workers to take their own children to playgrounds because our presence is considered obscene. Um, it's ridiculous. Oh my God. Uh, I mean, and even there's even laws where it's like anybody around you, I, I heard this on your podcast, I'm pretty sure, that mm -hmm. um, in some places that anybody around you can be um, get in trouble, like your kids yep. or your boyfriend or your yep. family members, if they're benefiting off of your money, they can be charged with like yeah. trafficking. So this comes from a set of laws that are called like end demand laws or the Nordic model yeah. um, or like the entrapment model. And so you see these in like Norway or Canada or like Northern Ireland, Ireland tried it for a while. But, you know, what the this is sometimes is referred to as the feminist model, which makes me roll my eyes. But uh, so basically the position is that everyone who's doing sex work is a helpless victim and everyone who is purchasing sexual services is a violent rapist. And so we have to arrest people that buy sexual services or facilitate prostitution. And so what this means is that people arrested and surveilled, right? So like if you're just the person answering the phone that day or if you're sharing like an apartment or a flat with somebody else that you mm -hmm. can be charged with like pimping or procuring. But um, everywhere these policies have been implemented, violence against sex workers goes up. And right. people still have their kids taken away from them under the system because to engage in sex work, although it's not technically a crime for you to sell sexual services, it's a form of self-harm. So they take your kids away. Uh, they encourage your landlord to evict you. And anyone that is living with you or like you're splitting the grocery bill with can be charged with pimping or procuring or pandering or whatever just it's like, gross it makes like absolutely no sense to me how like how, okay so how does how is this helping this person you've isolated them you've taken everything yep. away from them and you expect yep. them to do what go work at walgreens and like right. what right <sighs> yeah. infuriating i'm still stuck that they don't let you in their fucking country like who doesn't want to have sexy yeah. women with some casual attitudes towards sex i know it's almost, i know i'm like know scared now to like i'm like okay where can i yeah. go because are they gonna like let well, me in i think the I u.s has had it it's that they just want women who have sex for free that's it it's like that's a green the thing yeah yeah uh, well, cheapskates we have we also like, we take it a step further. Not only can you come into the country, but like we won't even fund your NGO or nonprofit if you support sex workers in any way. Since 2003, the U.S. has had something called the Anti-Prostitution Loyalty Oath, and they will not distribute HIV funding to any organization that supports the decriminalization of prostitution, even though even the World Health Organization agrees that the decriminalization of prostitution is the best policy for reducing reducing new HIV infections. It's like super, it's it extra dumb. It's like so, <laughs> it's so crazy because it's just mind blowing to me because it's, you're just going in like a circle nothing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you fix nothing. Mm -hmm. You just are, you're just again, you hate sex workers. That's obvious. Um, but you don't want to help anybody. You don't, I don't No, that's No, we don't want to help anyone. We only want to punish people for bad behavior yeah. and we want to make the lie true. Right. And, and, so like, there's people, there's so many people out here having sex, um, not for money, that mm -hmm. also get STIs all the time. Yep. More um, likely, actually, yeah. than yeah. professionals. More, more likely than professionals. Thank you, yeah. right? Because yeah. um, I've read that somewhere, but I have no idea where That's, from. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, As we get tested. Oh, we get yeah. tested, we Can you use... say the name of yeah. that act like one more time? Because sure. Yeah. So up, it's the anti-prostitution loyalty oath. That's so funny. That sounds like a Nazi <laughs> slogan, man. That is so weird. Yes. You better sure. not be loyal to these hoes. Yep. Right. It's very similar, actually, to the uh, the gag rule that every Republican president has signed back into law since 1984, which prevents NGOs from receiving funding if they either provide abortions or information about how to get abortions. So, yeah, super chill. We just like to export our dumbest policies. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah. What are you going to do with all these babies? Right. Literally nothing. That's not take care of them. Part. That's yeah. not our policy. Right. <laughs> 
Has there ever been a coordinated effort on the on the part of sex workers to out all of these, like, you know, because all these Republican policymakers or or like Democrat, it probably goes across each way, but to out these fucking guys and like yeah. not give them cover. I mean, there was a pretty great news cycle where we all found out a little too much about Lindsey Graham's uh, exactly proclivities. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Lady G, shout out. Um I don't think that there's been a coordinated effort. Wait, Part of it what is. What did Lindsey Graham do? Dave, do you want to take this one? Sure. He was. Uh, yes, I would oh. love to. He's uh, <laughs> seeing Rent Boy after he rallies, you know, against all these things. He's in. He's. I mean, put it this way. Anyone with um, Ooh, eyeballs wow. can see that he's a little light in the loafers. Right. Which I am. Wait, so I'm, he's... I'm the biggest fag egg in town. So I love gay guys. There's no issues there. But nothing wrong with weird that when they are so militant against like he, he's selling Correct. himself. out. Oh, he's just, so like he's vile, yeah. super right. truly vile. Wow. Yes. That's some internalized hate right there. Correct. No, you don't yeah. come at my gay guys like that. That's fucked no. up. Um, okay. Well, this case. Yeah. So, so there've been a couple of isolated incidents for yeah. sure, but there hasn't been a coordinated effort. And I think in part it's because it's sort of part of the professional ethos right like sex workers were discreet it's what separates us from civilians actually mm -hmm. it blows my mind by the way when dudes expect like sex worker level discretion from women that they are not paying for their sexual <laughs> services that's like i think that's an important like uh, yeah uh yeah, caveat no, there. i've been like, guilty of that in like early college yeah yeah, yeah for sure yeah for, for sure, sure. Yeah. yeah so well, i think that that is problem. part of it and then also like sex workers are a little bit like comedians in that we are it's kind of a lone wolf craft. Very like there's been coordinated. Get, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say you can get blacklisted and that's your livelihood right there. Correct. Yeah, so. you can get blacklisted. There's like can be professional repercussions. So the segment of sex workers that like would be willing to do that is pretty small and the payoff is also pretty small. Like you're kind of inviting like yeah. the full force of the state, like outing politicians is no, it's no joke, right? right? Like you're a member of a criminalized class. Like what's your plan? Right. Yeah. And it's very, yeah. I mean, we all know that politicians, I mean, they're all customers. Yeah. That's and those for elites sure. pay, I bet. The elite for sure. <laughs> I mean, honestly, most, uh, a lot of white collar men are, they buy it's services from sex workers all the time. I mean, same with yeah. collar as well. But like all these CEOs and stuff, all all these people, if they would come out and be like, hey, I do cocaine every weekend and I love strippers and I love yeah. escorts and I love all this shit. I mean, maybe that it would be normalized. I don't know. There's a there's a ton of stigma against know. clients. Yeah. Yeah. But they all know each other. They yeah. So it's just like I don't know what would uh let me take the first I don't know step. what would end it. I love yeah. doing cocaine and having sex with prostitutes. All right, guys. Great. Follow it up. Yeah, Thanks, well, Gabe, that's American what... hero. Uh yeah, re retake the narrative. It's yeah. But I, I, I do want to address sort of seriously, like there's a ton of ton of stigma and shame around clients, which I think is really sad because there are so many stories out there. Like, yes, there are a ton of dudes cheating on their wives that they probably could or should be more honest with. But there are also dudes out there with partners that have, you know, like major chronic health problems or who are, you know, choosing uh, not to end their marriage or partnership because their sexual needs changed or, or evolved. And yeah. there are a ton of people, there are a ton of couples that engage sex worker services. There are a ton of disabled folks that both engage in sexual services as uh, clients and also as providers. And I don't think there's anything shameful about like calling in the services of, of a professional to explore your sexuality. We live in such a repressed culture. I think uh -huh. it's a great act of like bravery to take a step and engage somebody of getting more in touch with your erotic energy. I think that's awesome, actually. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there, especially women that like haven't even had orgasms with their partner before. Yes. Um, so yeah, like hey, such a you. repressed society, especially yeah. like I know for sure, like especially like women's sexuality has been like so shamed demonized so yeah demonized that e women won't even have their husbands make them come because they're like so like just internalized shame well 
Yeah. And a lot of that is connected to horophobia, right? For a long, 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 long time, we were telling men that if their wives or yeah, if their wives enjoyed sex, then they were a whore. And so in order, there's a lot of like investment in distancing yourself from, um, you know, like sex work or like sexual adjacent stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we have not, we've not created a society that encourages people to tap into their own pleasure. That's, that's not what we did. No, not at all. Even like all the, you know, media and everything, even just as far as like showing like wives, like thinking of like sex with her husband as a chore like it's always like ugh, like ugh. like um, yeah. she hates it so much and it's in like all the movies that we watch growing up yeah. and the tv shows yeah. we watch growing up and that gets like ingrained in your head like oh this is a job this is what i do for my husband it does that's right. a then, true trap but then that same yep. husband comes in sees me and it's just like i'm just like do, do this for your wife and they'll you know they'll always right. be like oh she won't let me did it on i'm like there needs to be like a lot more communication here like you guys yeah. need like a sex therapist in the room or something. Yeah. Um, and and I think that obviously sex work is valid, like no matter like no matter what. Like I mean, it's I wouldn't if you have a wife at home, like and it's like behind her back, you know, I wouldn't call that ethical. But I mean, what is it's, it's, it's also like it, <laughs> I like think it's, if your service wasn't needed, they wouldn't use it. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? and I, like, I mean, and I, I'm saying this as somebody who's like, all oh, my clients are married. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I can speak as both a sex worker and a wife. Um, and I will say that I think that engaging the services of a professional sex worker is less unethical than starting an affair. Yeah. Um, I also yeah. think that you know I don't believe that fidelity is the best metric of commitment, right? I think that you are building a life together. There are like financial, childcare, professional obligations that you have, but nobody actually has the right to take sexual pleasure away from anyone. So I think it's like, I think it's within your rights to get your sexual needs met. Like, I don't, I don't think that anyone has the right to take that away from someone. And I, I also believe that it's less of a threat to the relationship and marriage to like, again, engage the services of a professional than like to start a physical or emotional affair with someone in your community. An emotional affair is honestly what would like break my heart versus like a physical affair. Cause I, Right. With someone whose name you don't know. Yeah. Like I can totally. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, when I was working uh, the first time around, I got an angry phone call from a wife. Um, And it was especially hilarious because that guy had engaged my services in um, a very awkward uh, threesome with her. So like I let her sort of like get, get out whatever it is that she needed to get out. And I was like, ma'am, we have actually met. Um, I am not, uh, your husband's mistress. Um, I am a professional person that he pays and I can assure you that I, uh, I'm not trying to marry this guy. Your, your marriage is safe. Right? Uh, you are safe. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. You're safe. The fact that I'm repulsed by him, but yeah. correct. Yeah. Right. Your husband's way too old for me. Please don't tell him I said that. Uh, <laughs> Oh my gosh! I wonder. I don't think I've ever had any wives hit me up. Well, I've had wives hit me up to meet with their husbands, and that's always great. Yeah, it's a good yeah. time. Yeah, um, I've never been yelled at though. But we have had some. A, a lady did show up at the club with like her kids one time, looking for her husband who was in VIP upstairs. Ooh, <laughs> what, with the kids? Oh, she showed up with her kid on her hip and the cops talking about my husband's in there. Da da da, and they're like. What, like he's he's a grown up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What do you want us to do? Tell him we better get outside. Like that is, yeah. That yeah, that done. sucks. It is mm-hmm. a great that, excuse. That's us. you know, that's just like you need to have some more, you know, figure it out at home because Yeah, I mean you like, can ruin your marriage at the strip club and you can also ruin your marriage like at sporting events. Yeah. Like you need to be present in your relationships. Yeah, absolutely. I mean Yeah. And it's it's funny too. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just gonna lock in my head just to remember that if I get married again, that I'll come home and say, "Honey, I was kidnapped by strippers again. That's why I couldn't get. They trapped me in there. That's amazing. I love. I will kidnap you. you. This 
This is why property rights and voting rights are so important for women, because like there really is this very, very dark period in our history where men had owned 100 percent of the marital property. Right. So like if you were a woman and you earned wages, those wages belonged to your husband. And there was nothing that you could do to stop him from spending that money at the bar or whatever. And there's we actually talk about um yeah, we did a three-part series on Victoria Woodhall, who is a really important figure in American history. She's the first woman to run for president, the first woman to open up a brokerage, wow. like a Wall Street brokerage firm, um, and the first woman to address Congress on the issue of suffrage. But she left her first marriage because he was a barely functioning alcoholic, and so she would take her kids, right, to the brothel or the bar where he was at and try to like get sympathy or just try She's to like, stop him before us. he spent all <gasps> of their money. Yeah. Oh it was like legalized right. pimping. We were all legal. Basically. Pimp. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's no, crazy. Um, yeah. And I, I, I don't know where I read somewhere though, that the prohibition, like they had a lot of wives behind it because yep. a lot Correct. of husbands were spending all their money and shit. And um, also committing acts of domestic violence. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So yes. they were coming home, so, wasted, beating the shit out of them. Yeah, yeah. And I money. don't, I don't blame the early prohibitionists or the temperance movement for being wrong about this. But right. like, they thought the problem was alcohol, and actually, the problem was misogyny. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Baby steps. You know the way you yeah. guys talk, it kind of makes men sound like they weren't doing the right things all the time. <laughs> Weird, right? No, we yeah. I gotta call my up. dad after this. Like I'm confused. Um, None of the laws make any sense. They're all super dumb. Yeah. Can I ask yeah. uh, a couple of questions about the sex worker like history stuff? Yeah, because, sure. Like, it's my favorite topic. We've done a couple oh, yeah. things on this show, like, you know, with that, like a couple of segments. Yeah. Like we have, uh, who's that lady that we love that we talked about a bunch of times? Ida Pillsbury? Ida Pillsbury. Ah, uh, yes. She, that was the great, like, they should make a movie, like a Coen Brothers movie yeah. or something. But um, um, who is your, like, Mount Rushmore of sex workers? Oof, man. So, like, Victoria Woodhall is up there for sure. Um, yeah, so is, down, so. yeah, Ching Shi. Do you guys know this story? Okay. Of I the know. greatest pirate that ever lived? This one is amazing, and I need to see, like, have I listened to it already? Because if I haven't. I think that's one Shang of them that you said. The great yeah. episode. Yeah. So say what? Sorry, sorry. I was talking to Mila. I think she sent me that episode of yours, but I'm not sure. I think it was one of them. Yeah. Ching Shi is a great story, right? So she started out as a prostitute in China. Uh, One of her clients was like a pirate king uh, who like stood to inherit this like pirate fleet. He fell in love with her. But before she left the brothel, she negotiated with him that if she was going to become his wife, that they were going to have a 50-50 partnership. So that meant that she would like own 50% of his stuff. He agrees to her terms. They run off together and like co-rule this pirate empire. Yeah. Uh, he dies doing pirate stuff, which is pretty normal. <laughs> yeah. And she is unanimously voted the leader of the Black Flag fleet. Uh, which is which she then grows to the largest pirate empire that literally the world has ever ever seen. Oh my god! They went I head have, like, to goosebumps. head. Yeah, they went head to head with the Portuguese uh, navy and beat them. The British Imperial awesome. Navy and beat them. The Chinese Imperial Navy and and beat them. She was so good at pirating that the Chinese emperor literally offered her like Qingxi, if you stop pirating you can keep all your stuff. We will pardon you and your entire fleet. We will oh give gosh. your fleet jobs in the Chinese empire. Please, like, please just stop, stop pirating. <laughs> just please just stop pirating. And she was like, okay, I guess. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Fucking yeah. queen. <laughs> um, this would be amazing. Yeah. Is this like not a movie already? I know. I know. Right. So, yeah. I feel like. No, it's tr- so. You see, Ching Shi makes a brief appearance in like the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, Empire, but oh, I really? think that in a just world, uh, she would have been the protagonist, yeah, and yeah. we wouldn't even know Johnny Depp's name. Yeah, I need to know. I need her mm-hmm. to have her own fucking movie, and they better yeah. include the sex work part. Yeah, um, Atoy is another great American example. She helped build San Francisco, uh, creating oh, both the red light district and uh, the Chinatown. She was like the third Chinese woman to arrive in San Francisco at the beginning of the gold rush oh before gosh. it was a city. She was like, yeah. was I it know more what accepted I'm in that culture earlier. 
or something because um, it seems like they did control that when they came over. Um, yeah, she actually went head to head with the Tongs that were trying to control sex work in San Francisco and before sex work was criminalized and also before uh, we decided that Chinese people could not uh, be witnesses in court uh, joining Native Americans and black people at that time. Before either of those things happened, she successfully defended her right to be an independent operator outside the control of the tongs. She also uh, took some of her white clients to court for trying to pay her in fool's gold, oh um, which I think is uh, an incredibly inspiring story. These people are so amazing. And this is one of the yeah. reasons why I love your podcast so much, because I feel like all of this history people don't know about or like they're like yeah. these like certain parts were like erased or something and I just it's like so informative and so good I just love it thank you um have you ever heard so I'm going to share my favorite one and you probably know it and I bet you've sure. done an episode do you know Tura Satana I don't actually oh, I love it that's a I'm new one. one yeah share share so she was the one so so she's um she was an asian lady who's uh, mm-hmm. starred in um faster pussycat kill kill that movie mm-hmm. and okay. she was um but she was a go-go dancer and all have that you showed me this girl before i've told you about her 10 times i think times. you love this girl oh I yeah i pulled her up yeah and she's the one who so but her backstory is amazing she was walking home when she was 10 years old and she got gang raped by five men oh my gosh she Ugh. said hang on don't worry it's got a good ending or as good as these endings get um her attackers were never prosecuted and it was rumored that the judge had been paid off like this is the 50s or, or 40s i should sure. say so like keep this in mind. So she reported so 2011. So she committed to learning martial arts and yep. over the next 15 years she tracked down each rapist one by one Shut and exacted up. revenge yes. on them. Yeah. No way, really? Uh, yep. And she amazing. said they never knew who I was until I told them. And then she formed um a girl gang called the um the Angelus. And she had yes. that fucking Elvis um Elvis Presley and who he he proposed to her which this is in the 50s, an Asian lady. Like, you know, yep. that was like, yep. you know, verboten. She said no, but she kept the ring. <laughs> like, she's oh a gosh. fucking gangster. Like, I, she's <laughs> incredible, I think. But, and yeah, she no was take with backs all in these sex other work. guys. Like, she it, had it some was. Big old oh, yeah. No, she's hot sure. as fuck. That's crazy. I, I love her. Because I'm a big Russ Meyer movie fan. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Yes. Picture of her. I'm like, damn. Yep. Dean Martin. I all love kinds hearing of about all these yeah. people. They're like the trailblazers. Do you. Do you guys know about Didi Ramon? Uh, no. I, I know about Didi Ramon, but I don't know what you're about to say. Oh, Didi Ramon was, was a sex boy. worker. Yeah, 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 know yeah that. that's right. Wait, yep, what? 53rd and 3rd. There's a yep. song, 53rd and 3rd, and it's about him being a sex worker back then. Yes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm, for heroin. Which, that always was my claim to fame, that I was a heroin addict, and I never sucked dick for it. And I could have. Yeah, you should have. And I could have. I feel Nobody. like you would have saved some money. I For sure. I got mad when my friend wouldn't piss on a guy who offered it, but he said you can piss on him for money. My friend turned it down. I was furious. That, Sorry. Dummy. That was the closest I got. Yeah. What an idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Moron. piss on him? Like, come on. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, same, same, Sylvester Stallone. Before, what? yeah, before was the success of the Rocky film. Nope. He produced a porn film that was then re-released after Rocky <gasps> became a hit, and they called it The Italian Stallion. Now I remember this. Yes. Yep. Holy shit. Yep. Oh, my gosh. I think a lot of celebrities um, even think, like, they've been, like, um, like Kim Kardashian. Pretty sure she had a rich-ass sugar daddy. I mean, she also made a sex tape, so, like, I think we can count her. Right, right, right. Cardi B, right? I think, like, like, a lot of these people have, like, sugar daddies, too, like, or they did in the beginning, at least. For sure. Lindsay Lohan, famously. Marilyn Monroe, for sure. Yeah. That's what I keep saying about Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm like, I wonder if he's just a sugar daddy. He's a fucking future pedo. I don't know. There's something about that dude that I... 19, 19 to 26, baby. Dude, I'm 43. Talking to a woman who's 22, like, at this age feels yeah. lecherous like it is not yeah. cool like it's super a little baby scraper yeah, yeah i am uh not yet the age of m- one of my college boyfriends and it is something oh, i think about fuck. yeah yeah i'm like uh, and i'm so mad i wasn't getting paid either right. like you know that was just one of those like i liked him do you guys think that there's ever God going to it. be or like I, I guess how prevalent do you think it is male like gigolos for straight women you know like 
a guy like me. It's, oh, you mean like it's increasingly sexpert? common. It is. Uh, yeah. So the, one of the reasons why you never saw it was just that like women literally didn't have access to money for huge chunks of human history. But yeah, there are there are men that are service providers for women, uh, but most men that engage in sex work provide services for men like clients across the board yeah. uh are mo are over are mostly cis dudes yeah no yeah. and that's yeah i had one guy in my show who did but he had one business lady who paid him 500 yep. bucks to blow him once a month nice. and i was like wow. that's a good job i think that, good job. Um, i'd be good at that i think that a lot of like if you're like a cis like straight heterosexual man yes um like saying you're like a sex worker, I think a lot of us like think of it as a joke. Well, yeah, I mean, I, like, even I do. Hey. I think of it as a joke. Like, yeah, of course. I see. I just laid. see on Twitter a lot of people will be like, just like talk shit for sure. Sure. Um, yeah. Just because, obviously. Like I don't know. I think that this is something that sex workers and comedians have in common, right? There's a lot of people that think that they can do our job. Uh huh. Oh, that's yes. That's, you know yeah. what somebody just fucking said yeah. to me in my inbox? They were like. They were like, what do you think about at work? Like, do you just think, ha, they're idiots because I'm giving them something and they're paying for it when it could be free? And I was like, um, nothing I do is free. So I don't yeah. know where you fucking got that idea. But my time is fucking worth money. And me coming to work and talking to you for a fucking hour is not easy money. Okay? Right. I, right. I don't wake up like this and I don't want to entertain you for a fucking hour without getting paid. So it was never going to be free. <laughs> it was just like, it pissed me off. I was like, what? Yep. What do you guys see as a common denominator? Because, you know, I'm like Mila knows that I analyze this all the time and I'm very interested sure. in it because I'm a neurotic person. So okay. it's like, mm -hmm. you so know, how can you guys do it? Question? What do you see as a common denominator between sex workers? Like, do you see a trait in them? that you know that makes them yeah. more i don't know able to do it because mm. openness to new experiences and emotional intelligence i think there's Ooh, a emotional intelligence too, is fucking big mm -hmm. i don't think people even under even remotely understand the emotional labor that we go through it is insane especially it's such a tightrope i yeah. have so many love bombing ass fucking clients yeah and it is just wild to me how much they will love bomb you within a matter of like an hour <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What like what is that? Well, this man, it's just this annoying? man, it, it's well, this guy like that. Like for example, this guy the other day, he he needed to tip me, and he was like, "I'll give you double if you be my girlfriend and come back to my place." Like I, this should be more than about money, but if you take my tip, then I'm gonna know it's only about money. And like he was like making me like argue with him about like giving me my tip, and like I'm just sitting here like. Okay, I'm gonna take the right. tip right now, and I'm not gonna like wait till later. And you have a wife and kids at home, and you keep telling me how much you love me, yeah. how much you want to be with me, getting walk like following me around the club, getting mad at me for going on stage or talking to other guys, like that type of stuff <laughs> is. is yeah. I'm telling Nightmares. you, and it's like a lot. Yeah, yep. I'm sure it is, but it's like it's also stopping so alluring. They want you so to. They want you to embody the fantasy, right. which is that you want to be there too. Yeah. And in order to make the fantasy true, then yeah, I mean, you should not want the money. Right. Which is crazy because right. it's like. Which is bananas. Because the only yeah. way for your fantasy to be true, for me to want to truly want to be here, is with your money in my pocket. <laughs> right. And that's it. And that's that. You are crystal clear on that. <laughs> That's yeah, I'm noticing since consistent. I'm sober working now, like I'm noticing like I'm having to do like more acting because I get like kind of fed up where I just want to be like, just like yeah, you want to call people out on their yeah, nonsense, and, and then that's, sometimes that's not the job. Yeah, job. Sometimes yeah. they'll get like like a deer in headlights, like oh, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> anyways, I plop out a titty really quick, <laughs> like um, sorry. Yeah, that does make everything better. No, it really uh, does because I yeah, can, yeah, like, yeah. That's like it's like a clearing slate thing, uh -huh. right? Yeah, I yeah, just, yeah. Like, put it on their face, like swash away. <laughs> yeah, back to my money. God, fucking simple creatures. It really simple is simple and. Which is why y'all never should have been in charge this Thank whole time. Thank you. What? Well, was yeah. anybody thinking? If maybe if you guys would have popped some more titties and mouths, we would have fucking been more. You know, no, I for surely would have been like hung. Yeah. 
well, uh, you know, stoned in the streets. Not by the say nothing about yeah. the fertility temples that were burned to the ground and war paths across continents for literally thousands of years. Yeah, we didn't lose the goddess. She did not slip unnoticed from our collective memory because of like innovation or the plow. We she was desecrated. We they, they, everywhere you look on every continent, doesn't matter if you're talking about China or North America, South America, Europe, there are evidence of these like big, powerful fertility goddesses that were engaging in sacred sex. Right. Yeah. The, you know, like the before money, whore, right? the sacred whore. Exactly. Like, you know, whether you're talking about Ishtar, mm-hmm. the Sheila in a gig, Tlazaltiotl, like, you know, things could have been different. But even if we had just done like lineage right through the matrilineal line, right? right? Think about how much simpler it would have been, right? You don't have to keep your wife on lockdown because we're just super confident it's her baby. Do you have any theory on, like, truly where the suppression came from? Like, yes. what's the first uh, document or first, I don't know, whatever? Yeah, um, I think it's the, God. yeah, when we start replacing uh, fertility goddesses with war gods, and then that morphs into the Abrahamic religions that, like, really double down on horophobia. And it's, like, the Catholic Church and the early Catholic Church that, like, goes to literal war, say, yeah, right, with heretics mm-hmm. uh, who they considered, you know, yeah, they were talking about Jews, but they were also talking about these fertility temples. This is going to make yeah. me sound like wow. a fucking dork. But if you go back to, like, you know, like, um, Anunnaki text, for instance, or things like that, is there things, like, in that way, way, way back shit about, like, that's anti-whatever, um, whore? Anti, whatever like, <laughs> anti-prostitution? Yeah, or um, just, like, sex. Anti-sex or, you know, just those kind of yeah, controlling. Yeah, I mean. Like, I mean, does it all start that way? Yeah, I mean, it like, you know, the origin story of patriarchy is paternity, right? right. The idea of paternity. So once that idea is present, you start to see more investment in controlling women's like movement and access to other people. You just can't let fuck boys organize. You know, Which I'm is sorry. all of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's Ooh. fucked up. Well, this has been amazing. This has been really a really great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. I can't see anymore because the TV is off. Hang on. But, <laughs> um, okay, so let's, what do we want to promote? So, Whore's Eye View. Yeah, I say, like, the best way to keep up with everything that we're doing is to get on our mailing list. We send out a newsletter every Friday that's a roundup of sex worker rights-related news, right? Then you can say it's funny, right? Like, we put it, it's a pretty good newsletter. Yeah, I'm like, dang, they are so, um, like, good at what they do. Thank you. Yeah. So we, you know, it's, it's uh, sex worker rights related news. You'll hear about every new episode. You'll hear about where I'm performing live, whether it's like the Hors- Horse Eye View or the old pro show or just appearances. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Absolutely. Um, for someone who is trying out your podcast for the first time, is there an episode yeah. that you recommend them to try first or like what's a good point of entry? Yeah, I would say, like, scroll through our library and whatever jumps out to you. Like, we've done a lot of episodes about folks from, like, Vermont or Oregon. Like, so, like listen, find out about your local old pro, you know, wherever you're at. Ooh, find yeah. find a local old pro. We've probably covered one. I have a few favorites. Um, Lizzie Lape. Yes. Um, the most prolific Ohio. madam in Ohio. And the, yes. the infamous madams of Water Street. Um, yeah. It was really interesting. Of, of so Portsmouth, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Yeah, Hell Portsmouth, yeah. New Hampshire. Yeah, and then yep. um, Mary Magdalene one is really good too. Like, yeah, that's oh, like that feels like foundational, right? Like, because yeah. we've been told so much nonsense mm-hmm. about Mary Magdalene, right? Yeah, so I found that yeah. very interesting. And that pirate girl one is obviously that's oh yeah, Ching Shi is it? Ching Shi is a great episode. Yeah, and then I should ask just one yeah. more. Like, we should try to leverage this, Mila. So if we start doing live shows like we talked about. Would you come here and be on one of the live shows at the time? hundred percent. That would be yeah, awesome. Yeah, totally come to cool. Minneapolis. Yeah. yeah, I would love to come to Minneapolis, especially if I can also like book Horse Eye View while I'm in town. So yes. yeah, that'd be awesome. Let's so, yeah. do great. it. Great. All right. Well, yeah, thank you great. so much for coming. Yay. I appreciate it so much. You're the best. And I can't wait for season five. It's coming out soon. I was going to say. Stay tuned. Late summer. Okay. Can't wait. Yeah, great. It was great. Thank you very much. Right. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye. NBC. No relation to NBC.